helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. an interesting article in the Epic Times. It was an analysis of how the federal government keeps growing, which got me thinking, not just about how the government keeps growing, but why and what we can do to stop it. This whole thing reminds me of a schoolhouse rock song about the ever-growing debt. It's not just the debt, but the spending, the regulations, the overall impact of the government that the framers designed to have limited and enumerated powers. I think it's time we take a look at our ever-growing and interfering federal government and decide once and for all to put up a giant sign over Washington, D.C. Don't feed the animals. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This, ladies and gentlemen, is where we read and study the Constitution. Teach the rising generation to be free. The goal here is to return the Constitution to its rightful owners. We, the people of the United States of America. And yes, it's going to take a little bit of study. And yes, it's going to mean taking on some responsibility. But it's the only way that we can live free. So, you know, we talk a lot about, I hear a lot of people talking about the size of the federal government. And uh, there are several different ways we can measure its size and its growth and I want to take a look at some of them with you. So, I mean, we talk about the debt. By the way, the debt that has grown every year since 1930. Um, I know they talk about the budget surplus in the year 2000, except the debt still went up. It just went up by a very small amount, just uh, about $18 billion. But it still went up. But what's interesting is not simply the, uh, the, the amount of the debt, you go back to that 1930 uh, and the debt-to-GDP ratio, in other words, the amount of our debt compared to the entire gross domestic product of the nation, the debt only rep was only 17% of the GDP. As of 2020, uh, 2020 was the worst um, when the debt was at 129% of GDP, meaning if you took every dollar spent in goods and services in this country for an entire year, we still could not pay off the debt. Now, the debt has gone up. That number, that, that percentage of the GDP has gone down a little bit. We're only 123% of GDP. Just a ridiculous number. But it's a number that's, you know, we just, it's almost like we don't pay any attention to it. But that's the debt to GDP. There's another interesting, the national, the federal outlays, the federal spending to GDP ratio. In other words, how much of the GDP is actually just the government taking money, robbing Peter to pay Paul? Um, I can tell you that uh, in 2020, it was it was over 31 percent of the GDP. Now, the federal spending represented 31 percent, but that was the, that was COVID. That was you know throwing money at COVID like water on a fire. Didn't do any good, but you know. We did it now, or I should say in 2022, we're down to 24%, which is merely high. You know, 2009, we're at 24%, but we're usually down in the oh, 18 to 20%, going almost all the way back to World War II. So if you think about it, 
while it hasn't grown until recently, it did it rapidly grow, the amount of our economy that's being taken up by the Fed is still pretty high. Um, you go back to, say, 1930, and federal outlays were like 3% of the GDP. Now they're 25 to 30% of GDP. The federal government just has more and more money that it's spending. Now, what's another way to see? The interesting, the one way it looks like the federal government really hasn't expanded, at least not in the last, uh, oh, 50, 60 years, is in number of employees. There have been between 2.7 and 2.8 million civilian employees in the federal government going all the way back to 1982. So, you know, the number of employees hasn't grown. I guess that's good news, at least not at the federal level. At the state level, it's growing like it's still growing, but at the federal level, not so much. But here's some interest. Here's some other things I want to. Get. What about the number the, the um, federal register, the place where the 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 you record the federal laws, the regulations that are published, federal that are published every year. Now you go back to 1936. There were 2,620 pages. There was one volume. They printed the whole thing in one book. In 2020, 87,351 pages were added, were, I'm sorry, were published in the Federal Register. 80, 85 volumes were published in the Federal Register just that year. You know, there are people that claim that uh, the average American commits three federal felonies a day. Well, you know what? If I look at 87,000 pages, 87,351 pages, just of federal regulations, I could see where that would make sense, where, where you could do that. 87, you know, you realize they, they created the, this country in under 8,000 words. This is 87,000 pages. Do you realize that if you were to dedicate, if, you, if you're a lawyer, your attorney were to dedicate their working day, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, 52, 50 weeks out of the year, give them two weeks of vacation, they would have to read 43 and two thirds pages each and every hour. They'd have to read three quarters of a page of these regulations every minute in order to get through all 87,351 by the end of the year. Think of the impact. How You, you write 87,000 pages of regulations. How much of an impact does that have on every one of our lives each and every day? Think about, just, just think about it. All those pages, think of your life from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night. How much of your, how much of your life is impacted by some federal regulation or other? The rules about the mattress you slept in, uh, the, the soap that you use in the bathroom in the morning, the toilet that you, that you used, the light bulbs that you used, the food that you had for breakfast, the coffee that you made, the kitchen appliances that you made, uh, the car that you drove, the fuel that went in it. And then that's before you even get to work. On and on and on. 
And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that is above and beyond the actual laws created by Congress. Think about this. Go back to say, uh, well, go. Let, let's look crazy. Let's go to 2015 through 2017. The 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 last year. Actually, no. Let's go. Let's go to the the first year of the Obama administration. Um, the first Congress that he dealt with, 2013 to 2015, there were 448 pieces of federal legislation enacted. Not that was worked on. This is what this is. They actually enacted legislation. The um, 700 next Congress, the 114, 776. You get to. Um, 2000, the 2017, right? So the first two, Congress under Trump was 1,085. The second under Trump was 1,229. The first Congress under Biden, 1,234 pieces of legislation. They just keep throwing more and more legislation to do more and more. Now, a lot of this legislation, it may not be much of anything. Uh, for example, in the you know the last Congress, the, the full Congress, of the uh, um, of those twelve hundred thirty four pieces of legislation, seven hundred sixty were just resolutions. There's you know so th not all of them you know were were full in action, but just think of the amount of of, of working to Congress getting involved in our lives in in each and every part of our lives. lives. So the question to me isn't simply how much money Congress is spending, uh, how much uh, you know, how much debt they're piling up. That's bad enough, but it's the fact that they keep finding ways to micromanage our lives more and more and more and more. And it's not just the economic impact; it's the basic impact of, of liberty. See, if you go to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, the definition of liberty takes three paragraphs. I boil it down to, you know, civil liberty is the ability to live your life as you see fit without unnecessary external influence. How can you have, how much, uh, how much unnecessary external influence comes from 87,000 pages of regulations and over 1,200 pieces of legislation either enacted or, or um, in incorporated? That's a lot of impact. That's a lot of impact on every American's life. And a lot of people will rail about that, but do you really stop and think, why is government growing so much? Yes, there are people out there who say, well, you know, um, you know, government grows because, uh, well, you got, you got greedy corporations that want legislation. You've got, you've got uh, greedy and corrupt politicians. You've got lobbyists. And you know what? To a certain extent, all of that is true. To a certain extent, all of that is true. There are corporations that are uh, lobbying for different legislation to help them or to hurt their competitors. There are politicians that just, you know, need to have legislation to get other people to do what they want. That is true. There are bureaucrats with, with regulations because they think they know better, or they've been told to make these uh, regulations based on an act of Congress. But I think there's something more fundamental and something something the American people, I don't think, really want to hear. You see, the reason the federal government is getting larger is because we depend on the federal government for more and more aspects of our lives. 
So it's not just the quantity, it's the quality of the regulation, the control that government decides it can exercise over the people. Notice I say government decides. These are not powers we have delegated to. This, these aren't even powers we've consented to. These are powers that, in many cases, government has simply assumed for themselves and expect us to live with. But then again, I look at the world around me and I wonder, did we tell the federal government we want this? How many of these rules and regulations did they hear from some number of people of their constituency that they wanted these? We were told that people wanted to get rid of the incandescent light bulb, the the, the regular flush toilet, the gas-powered vehicles and gas stoves and water heaters. Are there people contacting our legislators and saying, yes, this is what we want? Are there actual I'm sure there are individuals that want this. But what happened to the consent of the governed? Not just the, the special interest group or the, the politically connected, but the governed as a whole. Could it be that we've lost our sense of independence? Our willingness to depend on ourselves first. I'm not saying we can't live without other people. There, there are things that we, that we reach out for, but are we, have we become so dependent on government that they have become the only solution to all of our problems? How many times do you heard someone say, there ought to be a law? Well, those laws are an exercise of power. It was interesting. I was having a conversation with somebody uh, via comments uh, on social media. And, and it was very interesting to see how um, they were willing to impose their ideas on others. But when asked to say, well, but what about, you know, you have your free exercise. What about someone else's free exercise? Completely diverted the path to, well, you know, is, is your exercise right? Is your belief right? How about just the freedom to believe or not believe? The freedom to live without unnecessary external influence, but the ability to ask for help when it's needed. See, I think the reason, not the how, the why we've seen government grow is because for decades we've become dependent on government, especially the federal government. Now, I have some more examples of this growing behemoth we call the federal government, but I do have to take a break. I hope, though, you'll head to the website constitutionstudy.com. Maybe check out uh, the, the, the uh, Patriots program, the organization, the program I'm setting up to help people read and communicate and work together, not to replace what you're doing, but to give you tools to do whatever you're doing better, to communicate better, to exercise your rights, defend and assert your rights better. You can always check it out again. That's constitutionstudy.com. Maybe join one of the mailing lists. It's all there for you to try out. Now, also, if you have trouble sleeping, if you're just tired of being tired all the time, I found something that might help. It'll help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply 
so you can wake up refreshed. And it's Healthy Cells REM Sleep Supplements. That's right, they're vitamins. The only sleep supplement designed to support all four stages of sleep in an easy-to-use travel-ready gel pack. I throw them in my bag when I hit the road, so I've got them to help me sleep. I often have a hard time sleeping when I'm first on, especially when I'm first on the road. But I, but I, I, I this is one of the products that 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 works. Now, since you're an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell of REM Sleep or any of their great products. Go to americaoutloud.shop to find out how. Just find the, the Healthy Cell card, click on it, and they'll give you all the details. Basically, just you go to healthycell.com, you put your cart together, you try any of their great products, but you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. That's the trick. See, by using that code OUTLOUD, you let them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you'll get that 25% off of REM Sleep or any of their great products. So give it a try. Again, that's healthycell.com, but be sure to use the code OUTLOUD at checkout to get 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Loud. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study, and today we're asking, we're talking about the ever-growing federal behemoth, the fact the federal government grows. They say there are two things that are... Um, uh, you know, for certain death and taxes. Well, I want to add a third right now, and that is the growth of the federal government, the beast, the behemoth that is trampling our rights. We talked in the first uh, segment about the growing budget, the growing spending, the growing debt, the growing number of rules and regulations. 
And, and one of the reasons we have these is what I refer to as stupid laws. You know, not laws that I disagree with, but laws that are just plain stupid. Take, for example, Representatives Dan Bishop and Harriet Hageman have introduced a new bill. They call it the Censorship Accountability Act. Reading from this, this is, this is on uh, 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 Mr. Bishop's website. Um, it says, in general, a federal employee who, under color of any statute, ordinance, regulation, custom, or usage of the United States, subjects or causes to be subject to any citizen of the United States or any person within the jurisdiction thereof to the deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured by the First Amendment shall be liable to the party injured in a court action at law, suit, inequity, or other proper proceeding for redress. And I'm sure there are people out there going, yes, yes, cheer. we can sue federal employees for depriving us of our rights. Paul, why would you call this a stupid law? Because it's a redundant law. Ladies and gentlemen, let me read to you Title 42 of the United States Code, Section 1983. Every person who, under color of any statute, ordinance, regulation, custom, or usage of any state or territory or the District of Columbia subjects or causes to be subjected any citizen of the United States or any other person within the jurisdiction thereof to the deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunities secured by the Constitution and laws shall be liable to the party injured in action at law, suit in equity, or other proper proceeding for redress. And then it goes on to make certain exceptions for judicial officers. Do you see the parallels? You see almost exactly the same language, rearranged a little bit. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you, why is the House wasting time to enact a law that already exists? There's already a law that says you cannot deprive someone of the, you can be sued, if a federal employee can be sued for depriving the rights uh, protected by the constitutional laws of the United States. Why do we need another one? Is it because these yahoos in Congress don't know all the, other, the laws they've created, that nobody in their offices could bother to research this? Could it be that this is just another political stunt being done for, a, for partisan reasons? Could it be all of the above? But this continues to grow the U.S. Code is now bigger and bigger and bigger. We keep feeding this beast because we keep feeding these animals that are wasting our time and our money with yet another law. And I'm sure at some point there's going to be a contradiction between one and the other. And that's going to head up a whole other set of lawsuits because these yahoos, and yes, these happen to be Republican yahoos, these yahoos are wasting our time passing law that already exists. And the fact that the language that they use is almost exactly what already exists. The deprivation of any rights, privileges, or immunity secured, this one says, by the First Amendment. Well, what about the rest of the Constitution, you yahoos? This is a joke. This, I, I'm sorry, this is, this, is a, this is a waste of time. This is a political to me this is nothing but a partisan uh, uh shenanigans the law already exists in fact i'll remind them the, i'd like to remind representative bishop and hageman that not only can we sue already 
for a deprivation of rights protected by the Constitution under color of law, but it's a federal crime for someone to do so, 18 U.S.C. Section 242. How about you spend less time making useless laws, duplicating what already exists, and holding accountable, looking at the actions of the executive branch that are ignoring these laws and doing something about it? Tell me, when was the last time you heard of a criminal act, a criminal complaint, a violation of 18 240, uh, Section 242? Maybe they're out there. I haven't heard of them. What good are these laws if rather than actually applying the law, we're going to make up more stupid laws that do what's already been done? And of course, because we just make more and more laws that duplicate what already exists, but we never actually apply them, we have more and more people making illegal actions that uh, are harming the American people. For example, uh, 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 we've got a new uh, director at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which really should be the Centers for Disease Corruption Prevention. And um, she expects the CDC to recommend, you ready for this? An annual COVID shot. Now listen, there is sufficient scientific evidence. And I mean, by that, I mean studies, statistics, data, that show that COVID has never been the deadly disease they, they, we, we originally thought it was. Not what we were told. That the vaccines are questionable as far as effectiveness. They are dangerous to a significant number of people. But yet, here you have the CDC going, well, we were never punished for this before, so let's just keep going more and more and more. Recommend more vaccines. Recommend more vaccines. Why are you recommending more vaccines? Have, have, have you got evidence that the vaccine A was so effective that, any, that, that, that we should keep doing it, and B, that there's any actual reason for this? That the vaccine, if the vaccine's supposed to stop you from getting COVID, it failed. If it's supposed to stop you from transmitting COVID, it failed. What the heck do we need the vaccine for? Because we have an ever-growing government. And these yahoos never get slapped down. They never get slapped down because the people that we the people hire are more interested in their political grandstanding and creating these useless laws than they are in actually looking going, wait a second, Director Walensky committed a crime. All right. First of all, the CDC doesn't, doesn't legally exist. The law that created it is void because it violates the Constitution. Public health does not have power delegated to the United States. So rather than looking at this saying, wait a second, what do we have the CDC for? The CDC has been an utter failure. I, I wouldn't, again, if the CDC said that aspirin cured a headache, I'd have to double check. That's how badly they have destroyed their reputation. But our employees in, in the House, the ones that are designed to represent the people, are not looking at the Walenskys and the actions of the CDC and saying, wait a second, you violated the law, your funding disappears. No, 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 no. They're wasting their time creating a law that says you can sue when there's already a law that says you can sue. Do you want getting a hint as to why the federal government keeps growing? Or how about this one? So we've got the uh, illegal warrants. Right, the FISA Section 702 
the idea that you can be searched without a warrant, without probable cause, that, that the FBI can just run their own security police state and, and, and watch everything they want because we were scared that the, 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 the terrorists going to come for us. We were just willing to hand over our rights. How did it, Franklin put it? They who would give up essential liberty for temporary security deserve neither liberty or security. That's exactly what we did. We handed it over. And now we're finding out, oh my God, the FBI is using Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act to spy on American citizens. No warrants, no probable cause. We're just spying, looking for bad guys. And of course, if you're going to be spying all the, you're going to need people to actually do the spying. It's got to sift through all that data. And then, of course, there are going to be more people that have to investigate this, which means more armed FBI people showing up at people's homes because of some something they said online that got picked up by an illegal warrant. Something that was supposed to be private that is not. Because we let government become our protector rather than our servant. See, the thing about it was when, when, and again, I was around. I remember people, we were afraid that the terrorists were coming. And we never realized, never stopped to think, wait a second, isn't it my job to protect me from anybody? I'm not saying the government doesn't have a role, but there's a reason why we have a Fourth Amendment. Because if you're willing to give up your essential liberties for the promise of a temporary security, you don't deserve either. Because that, that temporary security is going to disappear, but your liberties will not return. This is a government that has grown too large to do because it's got to do all these things. It was never designed. It's actually legally prohibited from doing. Yet again, we have our employees in the House. Are they defunding? Are they, are they repealing 702, Section 702? No, you cannot do this without, without a warrant. No, you can't have a secret warrant. You have to provide good, you know, if you're going to have a secret warrant, it can't simply be, well, we're afraid bad guys might see it. You've got to come up with some really good reason to deny people's rights. There's got to be some real probable cause, because you're violating, again, not just the Fourth Amendment, because these are unreasonable searches. But the Fifth Amendment, because you are denying due process to the people being searched. You're denying them their liberty, the property they have in their rights, without due process. A process designed to protect the rights of the individual. But again, government has grown because we want government to be a nanny state. We want, we want government to take care of us. And we are the ones feeding these beasts. We're the ones feeding these animals. Every time we look to them to protect us rather than protect our rights, we grow this beast. So it should be no surprise that the National Security Agency is lobbying lawmakers, lobbying legislators in order to allow them to collect data on you without a warrant by doing it, in this case, by purchasing data from a third party. Now, again, the Constitution says nothing about privacy. It says you have a right to be protected from an unreasonable search and seizure. What is the reason behind this search? 
What is the individual search that you're looking for? Where's the, the, the due process for the individuals being searched? We have grown. We, the people, have grown this government into this giant beast that's just sweeping up. It's just consuming everything it can about us. It's gathering data. It's, it's, it's manipulating the, the, the process. It's gathering taxes. It's creating rules and regulations. It's designed to control our lives. That, ladies and gentlemen, and gentlemen, is the destruction of liberty. Liberty is the ability to live your life without unnecessary external influence. How do you do that when a government is spying on you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year? Because you gave it, you, you said, we're not going to do anything when they tried, when they grabbed the power to do so, saying, we'll keep you safe. There was nothing but a bribe. Give us this power. We'll keep you safe. Oh, by the way, um, maybe they did a good job. Maybe they didn't. But we gave up our essential liberties for the promise of a temporary safety. So do we really deserve this anymore? The only way we can is if we stand up and say, no. No, you're not allowed to perform warrantless searches. You're not allowed to get data warrantlessly so you can search through it looking for looking at the American people. Now, what about uh, foreigners? I We could have an argument about that. But you see, this data is never limited to foreigners, isn't it? It's always limited to people here. It's never simply overseas actors. No, it's always they're gathering data here. And they want it without a warrant. And I understand the logic, right? If your focus is security, that's what you want. But that is the destruction, ladies and gentlemen, of liberty. Do you want to know why so few uh, of, of the younger generation believe in liberty? Because they haven't grown up in liberty. They haven't been trained as a, as a rising generation to be free. They've been trained to be dependent on Uncle Sam, to look to the president as a king, to look at the courts as rulers, to look at Congress as, I don't know, political gestures. This is what happens. We, the people, have fed this beast. And only we, the people, can bring it back to size. Oh, Paul, why I can't do anything? That's a lie. Anybody tells you that there is nothing you can do is lying to you to keep you quiet, to keep you from doing anything. I've shown this. This is what I talk about in the boot camp. Examples where I have stood up. Yes, it may cost you something. Yes, there may be some pain involved. Ladies and gentlemen, life is pain, and freedom is not free. And if you're not willing to pay the price to be the land of the free, stop claiming to be the home of the brave. If we want to cut the federal government down to size, it starts with you and your family and your neighborhood and your county. And I will talk, talk some more about that after the upcoming break. But I want you to remember, you are not helpless. 
You are not hopeless. You just have to decide, what are your rights worth? What is your freedom worth? What is your liberty? What is your child and your grandchild's liberty worth? Is it worth getting up off your backside? Or are you willing to condemn them to slavery? Now, the only way this works is you got to get information from a lot of different sources because you're getting lied to by the media. All the media is lying to you. There's not one outlet that isn't spinning things one way or another. That's nature. It's why you need to find different places to get different points of view. One of them I recommend is AmericaOutloud.news. I make, like I do, make it a daily stop for the news and information. But again, find that information. Find the stories and the articles that, that, that move you, the, the podcasts and the videos that inspire you, and share them. If you want to secure the blessings of liberty, you start by sharing the sacred fire of liberty. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study. Today we're talking about the federal behemoth. You know, it used to be we asked the federal bee, we fed it, you know, we would just offer it goodies. Go go do this for us, go do that for us. And well, it doesn't take too long before you feed the animal and the animal stops asking for food and simply demands it. And we have easily entered that that realm. I mean, we saw it we saw it in the nineteen seventies with uh, the Department of Education, the Department of Energy. We saw it in um uh, well, we we saw it in the 2000s with the, the Patriot Act. Uh, we saw it in with the Obama administration, the Affordable Care Act. And we're seeing it now in the Biden administration with this insane push to um, 
get to to get rid of fossil fuels and push us to a technology that isn't ready yet. Now the Biden administration again, they're trying to basically they're, they're trying to push everybody towards electric vehicles by making gas-powered vehicles too expensive. It, it's an interesting trick, right? It's like, well, we're not banning them, but we're coercing you. We're nudging you in that direction. What they're using is called the corporate average fuel economy standards or the CAFE standards. And here we have the the uh, was the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration again unconstitutional agency because traffic safety is not a power delegated to the United States, and they're issuing mandates that all new vehicles get a certain average fuel economy. Is it because the technology is there? No, this is what happens when you feed the beast. They go from "gee, maybe this would be a good idea." What do you think? To simply saying. We know that we know better than you are. We're going to take this big idea and we're going to force it down your throat. It is the 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 tyranny of certainty. We're certain about a lot of things, but the belief that I know better than everybody else and I'm going to force people to do this. Now, again, I point out the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration does not legally exist. But Paul, they passed a law. Yeah. The law, the act that Congress used to create that administration, is a is repugnant to the Constitution. It is therefore void. Those aren't my words. Those are the words of the Supreme Court. They're the words of Alexander Hamilton. Multiple Supreme Court cases. It's void. It doesn't legally exist. We see rather than pushing back on the beast, we simply said, oh, "Okay," and now we're living with an out of control beast. We've fed it to the point where it no longer feels it needs our approval. It's just going to do whatever the heck we want. I'm sorry, whatever the heck it wants. And where does that leave us? See, we've been convinced that we can do nothing. The answer is very simple. Um, You ignore the CAFE standards. They have no legal force. They are a violation. By the way, they're not simply that, that the, the National uh, Highway Traffic Safety Administration doesn't legally exist, but this is an attempt to, um, it violates the Constitution. First of all, it's a violation of the Commerce Clause because this isn't regulating interstate commerce. This is regulating fuel economy, which is not a power delegated to the United States. It's a deprivation of liberty and a deprivation of property without due process of law, which means it violates the Fifth Amendment, which means all these car companies really need to do is say, sorry, um, you don't have the legal authority to do this. Of course, they're not going to do that because they're afraid the federal regulations are going to fine them and do all these things. So it's really up to the states. But let's face it, state actors aren't going to stand up because they don't believe the people in their state are going to stand up with them. See how it keeps coming back to us? We keep trying to blame somebody else, but it keeps coming back to the American people. And our willingness to live while our liberties are being destroyed, and more importantly, our willingness to do nothing while our, not just our liberty, not just the birthright we have, but the rights of our children are destroyed and wiped off the face of the earth. You know, I'm old enough to remember the gas crisis of the 1970s. And what I found most interesting is, do you realize people started buying more fuel-efficient vehicles before the federal government mandated it? 
See, when gas prices went up, people started looking going, hmm, I probably want to get a car with better gas mileage. But then we said, well, the government says we're going to mandate it illegally. And now we're at the days where the government says we can tell you what kind of car you can drive. They've already told us what kind of toilet we can use, what type of light bulbs we can use, what type of health care we have to carry, and now, and of course, what type of cars we can buy. Now, there are other rights, there are other constitutional, constitutionally protected rights that the government is more than happy to destroy because they think they've got no competition. They think everybody would just fall in line with whatever they say. Take example, the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. They created a new rule. They basically, they broke the law. They violated the Constitution. They violated federal gun laws. And they suddenly decided that things like um, what they call the, the, if you're not a gun person, according to the federal government, according to the National Firearms Act, which, by the way, is also unconstitutional, in order to be a, a gun, right, to be considered a firearm, it, it has to have certain characteristics. It has to have all of a group of characteristics. They run into a problem, though. That is, firearms like the AR-15 don't legally, they don't meet the legal definition of firearm. Right? There's problem number one. It's because the, the, in order to be a firearm, I think it has to have the receiver and the trigger mechanism and I think it's the barrel. And the problem is an AR-15 is made up of two parts that are separate them. They don't care. They simply wave their hands as now, even though it violates federal law, we're going to call these firearms. Well, the next step we have is there's a thing called an incomplete frames and receivers. And there's a, there's a wonderful thing in the firearms industry. And one of the beautiful things about the AR-15 is how modular and how customizable it is. That, that you can replace all sorts of parts relatively easily. One of the big things that have been happening lately is this desire for people to make their own firearms. So what they do is they purchase what's called an incomplete, a, a partially completed receiver. Generally, as I understand them, they're, they're also referred to as 80% receivers. It's the, um, I don't know if it's molded or forged or whatever. It, 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 it's... It's the outline of the receiver, right? It's, the, it's a hunk of metal in a rough shape of the receiver portion of an AR-15. And it requires to be, to be finished. You have to mill parts. You have to drill parts. You're, you're still finishing it off. Well, ATF doesn't like this. In fact, the Biden administration hates this for two reasons. One is, if you build this yourself, you're not required to put a serial number on it until you sell it. Federal law, if you build your own firearm, you do not have to put a serial number on it until you sell it. And of course, the tyrants in Washington, they don't like that. And with the popularity of these incomplete receivers, many people are building their own firearms custom to what they want. So again, the ATF simply makes up a rule out of thin air. Well, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the... Uh, the district court, uh, ju uh, Judge uh, O'Connor, handed down an injunction saying, you can't enforce that rule. Now, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has, has said they're not going to stay his orders. So now the ATF's going all the way to the Supreme Court saying, 
let us do what we want to do, even though it violates the Constitution, state, or federal law. See, this is the problem with the growing state. It's not even the laws that matter anymore. We wrote a law that said, okay, you can build these, but the bureaucracy is simply going to create, to create new rules out of thin air without the legal justification to do it. Now, my question is, why are those at the ATF, why are they not being sued for violating the Constitution, for denying the rights protected by the, the Constitution laws of the United States? Why are they not being charged? Because it's a crime. Well, in many ways, it's because the government is, is just as happy to watch out for their own. But it's because we have now this... Uh, this idea of an administration that can do whatever the heck it wants. Forget the Constitution. Forget the laws. They can do whatever they want because nobody stands up and says no. And on the few occasions that they do, guess what? The government tries to come down on them hard. Think of uh, uh, was it Governor Abbott in Texas and his, um, his floating you know, border barrier. So the federal government's going to sue them. So what? Even if they lose in federal court, the, 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 the state simply has to say, I'm sorry, but you're violating the Constitution. That is a, that, that, that's wrong. Come Try and come and get it. Now, the biggest problem with that is how many people in Texas would stand up with Governor Abbott against a federal government violating the Constitution? Probably not as many as we would like. But that's the biggest thing. We keep looking for someone else to protect us. And again, the biggest problem we have is our employees in Congress. Take, for example, they, they recently passed what's called the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. It's a set of gun control laws that um, basically ignore the Constitution, ignore the rule of law, and just says, we, we're going to tell you how to Run your community so that it'll be safer. Now, as part of this uh, fake safer community, by the way, bipartisan means both sides are reaching into your wallet. But as part of this, the Department of Education says they will not fund, uh, they will not use the federal dollars um, to, uh, I guess, to fund classes that uh, involve archery or hunting. They are not allowed to receive any federal funds. I find that interesting. Archery. Hunting. I thought they said they weren't coming for our guns. Now they're saying we can't teach how to do so safely? But again, this is the out of control. This is the bureaucracy growing because our idiots in Congress not only are writing unconstitutional laws, they're leaving loopholes wide enough to drive a Mack truck through, and then we're wondering why the federal government keeps growing and growing and growing and infringing on our rights. And as I said before, anyone who tells you you are powerless is lying to you. They want you to do nothing. What can we do? Well, I always say, you start locally. Friends, neighbors, county. Let's make sure your sheriff, your, your, your county government, your city government, your, your police chief and police forces, that they 
are run by people who understand the the, constitu- the oath they took to the con- to support the Constitution of their state and in the United States, and that they actually do it. If they don't, they must be fired. Now, the only way you do that is by helping to educate your neighbors about why this is so important. We deal so much with emotions, we rarely deal with facts and law. We need to help people change that. But Paul, how's that going to fix an out-of-control federal government? Well, guess what? I talk in several counties here in Tennessee. I spread this word to counties and states across the country. If we can start getting these counties to stand up and saying, you know, hey, we're going to follow the Constitution. If we educate the people in those counties about the, the oath that our elected officials take to support the Constitution, then we can help teach them to not only pick better county officials, but state officials to elect our legislatures, our governors, and our other elected offices, because the states vary as to which offices are elected versus appointed. But that we do so to recognize our first and primary requirement is that you uphold your oath to support the Constitution. That's our first litmus test. Once the states realize, A, what they can do under the Constitution, and B, that the people will actually support them when they do it, Washington, D.C. becomes meaningless. You effectively suck all the air out of the room. You deprive them of the power of intimidation when the states realize they created the federal government. They're not subject to it except where they said they would be under the compact known as the Constitution. No, this is not a short-term solution. We're not fixing this in this election cycle. We're not fixing this in this decade. We may not even fix it in our lifetimes. But our goal needs to be getting closer to a constitutional republic rather than farther away. And if I do nothing more than help educate people, return the Constitution to we the people so that they can use it to control their employees at all levels of government, If I do nothing more than that, then the Constitution study has been successful. Then I have been successful. If I just make people's, if I expose people to this, it's why the subtitle of my book is Returning the Constitution to We the People. When we understand the tool that we have, the power that we have, and we learn how to use it, then we can be the home of the brave. Because then we will be the land of the free. But we only get to be that land of the free if enough of us are brave enough to stand up, look a government actor in the eye, and just say, no, I will not comply. I will not submit. What you're doing is illegal. Here's the proof. What next? Now, if you want to join in for that, if you want to be part of that, well, first, I hope you'll go to to check out the Patriots program, constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. That's what I'm trying to do there is to help people, whatever your mission is, whatever your, your, your project is, how do we make people that will stand up and tell a government actor, no, what you're doing is illegal. I will not comply. I also hope you'll come back and you'll visit with us here at the Constitution Study, which can be heard every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio network. Join us. Bring some friends. 
If you can't listen then, well, listen to the podcast. All the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can find them in your favorite podcast app. But again, subscribe to the show. Please give me a rating and review. It helps other people find the Constitution study as well. You can find all the links to the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as I keep saying, we need to share this information. If I am spreading the seeds of liberty, I can only spread them so far by myself. You help me by sharing this information, by sharing those links, by sharing the stories, by sharing the episodes. By doing so, we are all working together to share the blessings of liberty.